0: How many of you ever heard this one? You say, well, I guess we just need to pray about it. And somebody might reply, "to oh my goodness, has it come to that? Is it that bad that we need to begin to to pray about this thing? (laughs) I've heard that. In fact, I may have said it. You know, I wouldn't want to admit it, but I may have, have said it before. You know, sometimes we have the attitude that we pray when all else fails. What we really ought to do is realize that we pray before all else fails. And that's the whole thing. Is prayer a last resort? No, it ought to be a first resort. Would you agree with that? Now, in 1977, I was managing a radio station in Blackwell, Oklahoma. And I hired, now some of you will have heard some of this, but none of you have ever heard all of this, okay? I've been, I hired a, a salesman who was the first charismatic I had ever encountered that I knew of. Well, there were, there were a couple of three flaky people at the, uh, that, that, that I knew that, that hung out at the coffee shop at 9 o'clock on, uh, every weekday morning, but I tried to avoid them. But this guy, I didn't know when I hired him he was, he was a charismatic, okay? This man was absolutely the most obnoxious human being I have ever met in my entire life. Life. I still haven't met anybody thirty some years later any more obnoxious than he was. I figured out that he must have been obnoxious before he was a Christian, and he was just still obnoxious. It wasn't. But see, I thought that I thought if you were charismatic, you were supposed to be obnoxious, and so I assumed that if I was going to be filled with the Spirit. Uh, that I would become like him. And I didn't want anything to do with that. If that what I was like, I don't want it. Well, he got my hippy-dippy pot-smoking program director saved and filled with the Spirit. They took a prayer cloth, anointed it with oil, and stapled it to the bottom of my desk chair. And every morning before I would come to work, they would come in and lay hands on my chair and pray for me that I would get saved And filled with the Spirit. Uh, Three years later, I got saved and filled with the Spirit. In 1979, Marcia was diagnosed with terminal cervical cancer. They told her to go home and get your affairs in order. There's nothing we can do. We can prolong your life, but we're not going to be able to stop the spreading of this disease. So, she went in after that for her first cobalt treatment. I don't think they do cobalt anymore. Uh, that, that's pretty, 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 uh, uh, pretty severe. Uh, but she went in her first treatment and just was miserable, just sicker than a dog. And so when she went in uh, the next week, she told the doctor, "I'm not." Gonna, she told him in no uncertain terms. Now understand, we weren't Christians then. We went to church. We were involved. But we weren't born again. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and so she told him in no uncertain terms, using certain terms that I would not use at a church service, unless I were quoting for some reason, uh, that she's not going to take any more of his cobalt treatments. And he said, Now, sweetheart, you're going to die if you don't. She says, I'm dying anyway. Between the first and that treatment and that treatment, we had a friend, a sweet little Baptist lady who asked if she could put Marcia on the church's prayer chain. Now, I did not know at the time, but that when that church put somebody on the prayer chain, there was somebody praying 24 hours a day. They would hand it off from one person to the next person for 24 straight hours, somebody was praying for Marcia. She asked if it was okay if they did that, and we figured, well, you know, whatever. If it floats your boat, that's fine. (laughs) We don't know if it'll help, but certainly can't hurt anything. Well, when the doctor examined her that following week, there was no cancer. It was completely and totally gone. Prayer works. Say prayer works. In 1987, our marriage was over. For all practical purposes, our marriage was at an end. Uh, and if if you want to know the story about that the book is available in the bookstore God's Blueprint for Marriage that Marsha and I wrote Uh, you see I was a total jerk I I didn't know how big a jerk I was until I read the book but I was a complete jerk and Marsha because I wasn't there to to meet the needs that she had she found somebody that would and and but in 1987, we began to pray for our marriage. Now, I was always praying for our marriage. Actually, I was praying for Marcia. See, I knew she was the problem. God changed Marcia. She knew I was the problem, so she was praying God changed Jim. But in 1987, I learned to pray a different way, and I learned to pray that I learned to understand that I can't pray for God to change Marcia unless I'm willing to ask God to change me as well. But, <coughs> excuse me, I'm not contagious. Uh, it's allergies but it's just one of those things so I instead of praying God change Marsha I started praying God change me and then I began declaring over Marsha nobody but Jesus is going to have my wife she is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus she's a Proverbs 31 woman declaring that as though it were okay and she began to pray God give me a love For this man. Give me the desire to love this man. And we prayed, and our marriage was healed. The key word there is we prayed and our marriage was healed. In nineteen ninety five, some of you know this story. Marcia had a debilitating viral infection that was destroying her brain cells. The doctor first said, well, she might die. Well, excuse me, I, uh, <coughs> I'm so sorry, um, I, was, I was praying, and, and, and I sensed God saying, you know, as, as, well, what came to my mind was the 23rd Psalm, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, and I heard God speak to me in, in my spirit, said, this is not unto death, this is but a shadow. And no shadow has ever killed anyone. So I had the assurance that she was not going to die. But they said she'd be looney tunes for the rest of her life. And uh, she was mean. I mean, in fact, we wound up taking her to the Mayo Clinic. Thank you, brother. Uh, We wound up taking her to the Mayo Clinic. And the boys said, if they can't find what's wrong with her and cure it, leave her up there, would you? Because, I mean, she was mean we had people at our church coming to our house you know I was on pastoral staff at that point every day that I went to the church somebody from the church came to our house and sat there and prayed with her throughout the entire day they also prepared some meals and did, some, did laundry and things like that but there was somebody at that house praying from her, for her throughout the entire day Now. I think all of you know Marcia. Uh, her last job before she retired a few years ago was the practice manager of a medical clinic here in Northwest Arkansas. They don't give that kind of a job to somebody that's in Looney Tunes. But the key is, somebody prayed. Somebody prayed. You know, I can. I can. I can go back and think of other times. But one thing about it, I can share these stories with you, and I, I can assure you this. You don't have to tell me that there's power in prayer. Because there is power in prayer, I know it. Excuse me. But see, here's the catch. In order for the power of prayer to be released, somebody has to pray until somebody prays it's that that power is not released it's ironic that Pastor Bill began a series last Wednesday night on prayer because I got in early last Wednesday Um, I don't remember what happened why but there was no reason for me to fight the traffic and go home so at 538 came in here and I started writing the outline to this message last Friday evening not knowing that he was going to start a series on prayer so I'm, I'm, it was not my intention to continue his series on prayer it was just my intention to give you what, what God gave me in preparation to, to give to you Siri is talking to me she wants to know what's up thank you Siri uh, that was interesting <laughs> Siri just asked me what's up <laughs> That's a distract... God, would you stop the distractions in Jesus name. Amen. The key is you have to you have to pray in order for God to 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 move through your prayer, to release that power to prayer. But here's the thing, most of us would probably admit we don't pray as much as we want to. We don't pray as we know we don't pray as much as we should. And we really don't pray as much as we want to. And so, in fact, sometimes we just, because we don't know how to pray, we just don't pray at all. Well, I have two words. Are you ready? Two words. Start somewhere. All right, let's say that together. Start somewhere. You can talk about starting But until you actually do it, nothing's going to happen. I need to lose 40 pounds, right? I mean, you don't have to agree. When I said I have to lose pounds, right, you don't necessarily have to agree with me, but I think most of you can tell by looking at me, it wouldn't hurt me to drop a pound or 20 or 30, amen? But you see, I have trouble getting started with it. See, if I just get started, I've got a a spiritual daughter who says, Dad, and, she, and, and she's a, an aerobics instructor and fitness trainer. She says, Dad, if you just walk 20 minutes a day, you'd start to lose weight. Well, the problem is, I've got to start. You've got to start somewhere. Well, the same thing is true with our prayer life. you got to start somewhere. Pastor Craig Rochelle, who pastors Life Church, which is now the largest uh, church in America with multi-site, says, if nothing else, Devote 30 seconds a day to prayer. Set aside 30 seconds a day day to pray. That's a start. That's better than nothing. And he says, if you start with 30 seconds, that might move out and become a minute. And it might become two minutes. It might become ten. And sooner or later, you might find yourself praying an hour or more a day. But you have to start. Start little. Same thing with me. You know, I, I don't need to... To, to spend a, a two-hour aerobic workout. I just need to walk 20 minutes a day. Start somewhere. And the key, see, is to be persistent. Be persistent in prayer. And be consistent in prayer. And have a plan for prayer. Now, I grew up and I knew three prayers. Are you ready for this? I knew three prayers. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep, if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And then at that point then it would be God bless mother and daddy, and grandma and grandpa, and grandmother and pa guy, and uncle Harry and, and, and aunt, uncle, uncle Harry and aunt, 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 aunt. yeah, uh, aunt what's her name, and, and see that was my intercessory prayer time. Okay, I knew that one. I knew God is great, God is good, and we thank Him for our food, amen. I knew that. Oh, and, and I, I remembered today a third prayer that I knew. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, we would repeat that every Sunday morning in the church I, I grew up in and in the church I was in until uh, 1980 when I moved out of that, that environment. Uh, but it didn't mean anything I mean you know it's kinda of like I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands one nation under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all I mean it's just a recitation it's not really doing anything now I'm an adult and I know I need to pray and I'm and, and we always prayed grace at meals even when I was lost always prayed for the food I knew I needed to pray, but I didn't know how to pray. I knew one prayer that might work. So at night, I would go to bed, I know, I'm an adult, I'm married, I have kids of my own, and I'm going to bed at night praying, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, dot, 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 bless Marcia and Mikey, oh, we didn't call him Mikey then, Michael, He was Michael, we made it very clear, he's not Mikey, he's Michael, and then he came home from college, Mikey. Uh, God bless Marcia and Michael and Jeffrey, and that was was how I knew to pray. That's all I knew how to pray. But in 1987, I attended a prayer seminar that taught me how to use the Lord's Prayer as a six-point outline. Now, I'm not going to teach that Lord's Prayer as a six-point outline tonight, it's a five or six week series. Ten years ago or so, I did that on a Wednesday night over, over a five or six week period. Uh, if you are interested in, in hearing that seminar, I do have it on, on, on uh, CD. You know, CDs, those are what we had before we had thumb drives. Uh, I have it on CD and I would be glad to make copies of that for anybody who wants it. But here's, in 1987, I learned to pray the Lord's Prayer as a six-point outline. I want to share the outline itself with you. It starts with prayers. praise. Our Father in heart in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And just spend a few minutes worshiping God for who he is. Not for what he's done for your life, but for who he is. He is your righteousness. He is your sanctification. He is your peace. He is your shepherd and so on. Just, just spend a few minutes. Praying and thanking God for who he is. That's what worship is. It's thanking God for who he is. And then you pray priorities. Come kingdom of God, be done will of God. I know we learned it. Thy kingdom come, and I learned it in King James like most of you probably did. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Really, in the literal Greek, it's come kingdom of God, be done will of God. It's not a prayer request. It's a declarative faith statement. And that's where, that's where you can move into intercessory prayer. Nobody but Jesus is going to rule and reign in my life. Nobody but Jesus is going to rule and reign in my wife's life. I declare, and I, I pray for Pastor Bill this way. I, I, I declare Pastor Bill is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and there's a hedge of protection around him. And nobody but Jesus is going to rule in his life. I pray for more than that for him too, but, but, but you get the idea. And then you pray for God's Provision. God's provision. Okay, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, I don't need tomorrow's provision today. Now that doesn't mean we don't stock up on groceries. I don't mean that at all. But I mean Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough problems of its own. Just be grateful for the bread that he's provided for you today. And then, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's pardon. I'll I'll make this statement to you, and you can believe it or you cannot believe it. Nobody in here can offend me. Now, I can choose to be offended, I suppose. But nobody in here can offend me because my prayer ritual, and I don't like to use the word ritual because prayer shouldn't be a ritual, but my prayer includes, I choose today to be a forgiver even as I am already forgiven and if I've already made that declaration and and Joel says something that I find myself getting offended because I've made that declaration it's opened the door for the Holy Spirit to say now Jim what did you just declare this morning and then I go oh yeah so then I don't get offended I uh, yeah, I've got time. I'll tell this story. Uh, Marcia and I were doing some premarital counseling. It was actually postmarital counseling, but it was premarital counseling. They married, got married, and then we did their premarital counseling because of a time constraint. And uh, Marcia called me and asked me to get a can of tomato sauce. I picked up a can a can of tomato paste. We're fixing a meal for this couple. It's the last marriage. Uh, we're doing, the last series, last of the series we're doing, the last session. And so I picked up a can of tomato paste instead of tomato sauce. I get home, Marsha says, I told you, tomato sauce. And then inevitably, what happens in those things? It escalates, right? Well, everybody knows if you put water in a can of tomato paste, it makes tomato sauce. Why? Well, You never listened to me. I told you, tomato sauce. So by the way, now if she says tomato sauce, I buy a can of both, just in case. So there was a neighborhood grocery store just three or four blocks. She stormed out of the house, and it's okay if I tell this, it's part of our testimony. Uh, She stormed out of the house to go buy a can of tomato sauce and waved at the couple who's coming to our house as they entered into our neighborhood. Now, I've already committed not to be offended, haven't I? So what happens? She leaves, and the Holy Spirit starts getting all over me. I mean, I am so stinking miserable that I don't know how I'm going to handle this guilt except to give it to God and to ask Marcia to forgive me. So, the the couple came in. I welcomed them sent into the living room. I went back into the bedroom and I'm praying. I said, I'll be, back. I'll be back in with you in a little bit. Went back and prayed. Marsha came home and the same thing's been happening to her. It's happening to me. She's, yeah, the Holy Spirit's just gotten all over her. So she comes into the bedroom. We cry and we hug each other and we ask each other for, for forgiveness. And then we go in and we finish this last session in the marriage uh, uh, series that we're doing with them. Now, I'm never one to give up an opportunity for an object lesson so what do I do I tell this couple what just happened (coughs) excuse me and before I can finish the story she says well everybody knows that if you add water to tomato paste it'll make tomato sauce my point is this because I've made the decision not to not to not to accept uh, an offense it set the stage for the Holy Spirit to deal with me so that I don't, even though I might get initially offended, I can't stay offended. I mean, my goodness, Jesus Christ hung, he's hung on a cross, looked out across the expanse of time and said, Father, forgive Jim because he doesn't know what he's doing. And to me, it's just that personal. And if he forgave me, how can I choose not to forgive somebody else? the only point in the prayer where Jesus elaborated. He says, if you don't forgive, your heavenly father's not going to forgive either. If you do forgive, your heavenly father will forgive. That's pretty important to me. I don't want to stand before God and say, now, remember when Bill Locke offended you and you held it against him? Bill has never offended me. Joel has never offended me. And I hope I've not offended them by using their name in this illustration. You can't get offended. We've already talked about. It. Then we talk about God's protection, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, or it says deliver us from the evil one in most translations. That's, that's acknowledging the fact that God is my protector, and this is where I put on the armor of God, and I'm not going to take the time to, to, to walk through that whole thing, but you can go through Ephesians chapter 6, and all the armor of God is right there. Most of it's defensive weaponry for a reason. And then finally, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You've returned to worship. You've returned to praise. So you've got praise, priorities, provision, pardon, protection, and praise. It's a six-point outline. God never intended it to be something that you recite in, in, in a corporate setting, just to be reciting in a corporate setting. He gave it to us for a purpose. And that's the purpose. There's another model I want to give you very quickly because there are different models for prayer. Hey, my model was now I lay me down to sleep for years. You know, it worked. It was better than no model at all, right? There's another model called the ACTS model. And it's, uh, ACTS is an, an acronym for adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Adoration is worship. Confession is is acknowledging your sin. I like this in that. I find it hard to to, to to appear before God and put my confession of sin down toward the bottom of the prayer. I'm more comfortable if I do it up at the top. You understand what I'm saying? Because I think it, it cleans the slate. On the other hand, I know, I, I know that sounds good, but I also know what grace is and the slate's always... The slate's already clean anyway, all right? But it's still, it seems to me, that it's, it's But Jesus said pray this way So I'm going to pray the way he taught us to pray And he put it down there at the bottom of the list Okay So adoration, confession, thanksgiving Supplication That's real simple It's, it's not nearly as long an outline And if you can remember Acts You might be able to remember Adoration Confession, thanksgiving And supplication Start somewhere. That's the title of tonight's message. Start somewhere. Now, I know some of you are prayer warriors. Nobody appreciates prayer warriors any more than I do. You know, we're getting ready to leave for Peru a week from tomorrow. And we've been on these trips where the intercessory prayer covering wasn't as strong as it was on some of the other trips. We can tell a difference when that prayer covering's not there. We can tell. And we know that there are intercessors in this church that would be praying for us while we're gone. But you know what? They started somewhere. My daughter-in-law, Rhonda, is an intercessor. But she didn't just wake up one morning and say, I'm going to be an intercessor and, and, and become devoted First, she, she She worked into it. She's an athlete. She, she was a four-year D1 starter on volleyball. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and, but, but she didn't wake up one morning in, in physical condition. She worked at it and worked at it and worked at it. And she used to run the hills in Tulsa when she was playing college ball. Run those hills in Tulsa for hours to get into shape. She didn't just wake up one morning and look like she looks. I mean, she worked at it. And the same thing is true with prayer. you got to work at it. Don't wake up one morning and think, I'm going to pray an hour. probably not going to happen. Pray for 30 seconds. Pray for a minute. Then pray for two minutes. Pray for five minutes. Pray for 10. And pretty soon, you'll find yourself so enraptured in spending that time in prayer that you'll, that you'll look forward. I, I look forward every morning for my, my prayer and devotional time. I am miserable if I don't get my full hour, hour and a half of, of devotion time in because it, it, it throws me off sync. But you know, I didn't start with an hour or an hour and a half. I started with now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. If we're going to talk about prayer, we ought to probably do it. Would you agree with that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just, let's just give him some... That the axe that the model is, is, is an easy one to walk through. Let's just, let's just give him some adoration tonight. Let's just worship him. We don't have to have a keyboard or music. We can, just, we can just say, Lord, we love you. We worship you. We honor you for who you are. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are almighty God. And yet you love me enough that you are willing to come down Send your son, Jesus Christ, and come down in the form of a man and give your life for me. Oh, God, I worship you. I worship you. Lord, I confess that I, I uh, haven't lived the kind of life sometimes that I need to live. Sometimes, Lord, I, uh, I, I, I sin. And, Lord, I, can, I know today... This specific, I'm not going to share it with you, but I would share it with God in the privacy of my prayer closet. I know, Lord, those times that I prayed today. And Lord, I just, I thank you that in Jesus Christ I'm forgiven. You've already paid the price for my sin, and I am forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for putting food on my table today. Thank you, Lord, that there's gasoline in my truck. Thank you, Lord, that that the provision for our trip to Peru is made. Thank you, Lord, that you've made provision for Marcia to get a new computer yesterday when her old one died. Thank you, Lord, for everything you do. But most of all, Lord, I just thank you for, for loving me. Thank you for giving me eternal life. Thank you for teaching me what grace is. Because, Lord, I I needed a better understanding of what grace is. I thank you, Lord, for that. And, Lord, I pray for everyone here tonight. I pray for Marla. and, and, And we just declare in Jesus' name she's healed. For the other people that we prayed for tonight, for Marcia, for myself, we declare in Jesus' name she was healed. For everyone here tonight who has a need, whether it's a physical need, a spiritual need, an emotional need, Lord, we just declare in Jesus' name that those needs are met in Christ Jesus. And let me parenthetically add here, and and you've heard Pastor Bill talk about this, uh, about how I learned this. Um, I don't pray to ask God to heal anybody. To ask God to heal is to ask Him to do what He's already done. I appropriate healing. I appropriate provision. He's already paid the price for it. To ask Him to do it, is to ask him to do something that he's already done. you all understand that? You will understand that. So Lord, I thank you that it's already a done deal. I thank you, Lord, that every need is met. I thank you, Lord, that every need is met in a timely manner, according to your timing and not according to my timing. And I thank you, Lord, that in Christ Jesus, I'm part of a family. I'm a part of, the, of a family that calls itself the church at Word of Life Bentonville. And that church extends extends to to Word of Life, Miami. And it extends to Word of Life, Vida La Parabra in Mexico. I thank you, Lord, that it extends beyond the walls of this border to those men and women that I've had the privilege of, of baptizing at the Benton County Jail as they follow the Lord Jesus Christ and make a public declaration of their faith. I thank you, Lord everything you're doing. Thank you, Lord, that when I get home, Marcia's going to be healed. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. If somebody would stand at the back door and pass these out, these are the these are flyers on the fall festival. Thank you, brother. The day will have those. And uh, if anybody has a specific prayer need, there are people here that will pray for you and pray with you. Don't leave without your prayers being... I mean, if I'm going to preach on prayer, I better be prayer. I better be a prayer. Amen? All right. God bless you. Thank you so much for for, for your attention. I love all of you. And uh, we will see you Sunday. And uh, you're dismissed.